We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Knicks Film School pregame show. My name is Andrew Claudio, a.k.a. GMAC, and it's time to preview the Knicks' upcoming matchup against the Denver Nuggets, a team coming in with the best record in the Western Conference, but is also coming here for a two-game road trip in the Big Apple. Many possible outcomes could happen for these two matinee matchups against the Knicks and then the Nets. Uh, they could have went out and partied on Friday night. We could get a, a scheduled victory for the Knicks. Um, they could also like rest all their guys, as teams tend to do, against Brooklyn, which would be very annoying if they go all out for this game against the Knicks and then go out and enjoy their Saturday and then rest at Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. or both or Nikola Jokic or all three uh, against Brooklyn. So um, I'm curious to see how this matchup is concerned. As far as the conversation you're about to hear, Ryan Blackburn of Mile High Sports and the Pickaxe and Roll podcast is going to join me in just a second. We cover the Nuggets most recent stretch where they kind of hit a lull in their season as they've run away with the best record in the West and the one seed. Um, what is at stake for the postseason this year? I had to ask about the the Denver perspective of the MVP debate. Um, we talk about one of my favorite Knicks ever, Carmelo Anthony, and what he means to the Denver Nuggets and his relationship to the Nugget fan base and whether that's ever going to be healed. Uh, and then, of course, we get his perspective on the Knicks and how they've been doing this season. Uh, really think you're going to enjoy this one. I, I was, uh, if you're not a Mellow fan, um, you may actually enjoy the, that portion of the pod. So let's get into it. My conversation with Ryan Blackburn of Mile High Sports and the Pickaxe and Roll podcast. Enjoy. Joining me now here on the Knicks Film School pregame show, the Knicks get away from their three-game high, three-day hiatus, which is rare for how this season has gone. The Knicks actually get days off, um, and so they're going to play the Denver Nuggets, who come in with the best record in the Western Conference, one of the best records in the NBA, and the defending two-time MVP Nikola Jokic. Uh, joining me to talk about this matchup is Ryan Blackburn. He is uh, part of Mile High Sports, um, the lead Nuggets at Nuggets at. He's also now I'm going to actually ask you, Ryan, to say the name of the podcast. I think I got it right, but I'm a I'm a I'm an ignorant Yankee from the Northeast. It's the Pickaxe and Roll podcast. Yes, it's Pickaxe and Roll. Uh, Obviously, the Denver Nuggets, the initial Maxi the Miner kind of logo that that spawned Ah. from that. So figured, hey, let's let's get the Pickaxe name in there. And like Pick and Roll just made plenty of sense. So I wanted to. It's perfect. I've said this before. My listeners have heard this before. I love the creative podcast names that I've found throughout this. The Clipper, there's a Clippers podcast called Clips and Dip that is just like so perfect. There's vitamin C's for the Celtics that I love. I didn't get to collaborate with them, but maybe next season there's the jazz kitball 
podcast oh, that's out oh, there. Yeah. So Nick's Film School looks kind of boring at the end of the day when we have no, you know, that. No, it's a great name, though. I've, I've known you guys for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and when, back when Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and Nicole Jokic were being compared, those, yes. were, those were the days back in 2017, man. Those so indeed was, were the days. And, <laughs> oh, boy, those days end pretty quickly. Uh, that's, Ryan, that's thank okay. you so much for, for joining me. I look forward to, to previewing this, this matchup against a Nuggets team that I'm trying to, to get the temperature on because they've run away to an extent with the best record in the West. Um, there's, I mean, after last couple of years where you're kind of recovering from uh, the Jamal injury that derailed, at least from my perspective, derailed any title hopes that you might have had. Um, this season, you've been, been with him being back and relatively good health for MPJ and Aaron Gordon. And then you had this recent four game losing streak that might have sent off some sensors. So I will ask you, Ryan, how are the vibes right now in Denver amongst the fan base? Well, we we didn't know whether to record this one on Thursday or Friday, just depending on whether Detroit was going to pose any issues to the Nuggets, which I think mm-hmm. I think that says a lot about where they are right now in terms of just the the overall mentality of, hey, uh, not feeling great about the situation, despite the fact that right before this four game losing streak that they were on, uh, they had the biggest win of their season against the Memphis Grizzlies, where they basically clinched the one seed. Now, they've put that to the test over the course of this last week uh, based off of a, a rattling off a four-game losing streak that I don't think anybody really expected. But uh, from, from from being around the team, from being just kind of proximal to what they've what they've been doing, it feels like they put their they took their foot off the gas pretty quickly after that Memphis win. And everything that came out of that Memphis win from the Memphis side, I think it, it underscores just uh, how big of a win it was for Denver on the Denver side, where it was basically the the affirmation that they were going to be the one seed. And Denver is currently in the midst of a streak of about nine out of 10 games against the Eastern Conference. So they, mm. they've mostly taken care of the Western Conference schedule that they have. They have by far the most wins in the West. So it, it's not really a big deal, but it doesn't feel good. And and I think we've seen that in the discourse online just as much as in the records. So the, the, the records are fascinating because the Western Conference is this this weird jumble of anybody that could make the play-in or be the third worst record in the conference. Um, your perspective as someone who really hasn't had to worry about, and this is just from the most recent games where I've had to talk to a Laker fan and a Clipper fan and a Blazer fan about that stretch from like four to 13. What has been your perspective of seeing how the Western playoff uh, picture has looked? And I'm just going to ask as far as you're concerned, as far as the fan base is concerned, who scares you out of the West that the the Nuggets could potentially end up matched up against? Yeah, it's it's difficult for us to figure out that as well, just because you, you don't know who you're going to play. You don't know who who the ultimate uh, play in tournament mix is going to look like. You don't know who it's going to be in the four or five matchup. And and I, I assume it's probably going to be a team like Phoenix, a team like Golden State. And both of those teams, obviously scary for Denver based off of the two previous losses that they've had in the last couple of years. But in general, the Nuggets have been at the top of the West since about December 15th or so. They've they've had the top record. It hasn't changed. It's been three months. Denver's gotten a little bit uh, lethargic and apathetic in terms of their their approach over the course of this last couple of weeks. But I do think that they've they've done enough to prove that they could beat any of these teams in the Western Conference, whether it, it, no matter no matter what the matchup is, it could be a bad matchup for Denver. And I think that a team like Golden State, where you're having to chase around Steph Curry, or a team like uh, Phoenix, where you have to chase around three elite pick and roll creators, is going to be tough, and and they're going to have to figure that out. But there's no reason to believe that the Nuggets will be stopped just as much as any of those other teams will be stopped. And it really comes down to uh, who the best player on the court is. And I think Nuggets fans feel like they have the best player in the Western Conference right now and maybe in the entire NBA, just based off of uh, all of the discourse uh, that, that I keep I keep referencing. So you, you segued it perfectly, the discourse and where whether he is the the best player i imagine you are tired of having this conversation so i will allow you to have as much of the conversation as you'd like i do want to get the nuggets perspective on this though because i've the Knicks have played the the, the sixers twice since 
Um, I've started doing this pregame show and I've gotten the Sixers side of this. If you could just make... So there's two sides of this though that I want to ask because like, does it matter to you or to Nuggets fans if he wins a third straight MVP? To to Nuggets fans, it's a little bit different. Uh, Okay. I, I think for Nuggets fans, they... We've gone through the ringer in general where uh, it, it, he's been called like, hey, it's racist for MVP voters to vote for him. Right. And the, the um, toxic side of it is is a whole different part. Yeah, that we don't even like, have to. It's it's coming from an ignorant place that just like resorting to to arguments that I, I listen. Is there bias potentially in, in awards voting? Yes. Does it course. apply here? Yeah. I, I'm not necessarily sure, um, but we don't have to. We don't have to go down that road. We could just yeah, talk about no, the, the two I, players. I fully, fully understand. And and I think that Nuggets fans, though the well has been poisoned a little bit in the enjoyment of being able to celebrate Nikola Jokic and what he has accomplished in a Nuggets uniform. He's clearly the best player in franchise history, on the verge of becoming a three-time MVP. Obviously, Embiid, I think, has passed him in a lot of the odds over the course of these last couple of days. But it does feel like... Uh, Jokic has been the best, most impactful player in the regular season over the course of these last three years. And now that we're in year three of that, it seems like there's a lot of excuses, a lot of reasons to drag him down, a lot of reasons to drag the Nuggets down in general. Oh, they're not playing as strong in as strong of a conference this year. Oh, Jokic's defense, yada, yada, yada. Like, I mean, I, I understand some of these arguments. They, they, are, they are born from legitimacy, but they are also in a lot of ways just nonsensical in, in trying to tear down somebody else's guy and try to lift up your own. Uh, look, I, I think that it's very possible that Giannis is the best player. He's probably the best player in the NBA. Uh, Jokic is probably the second best player in the NBA. And Embiid is up there. There's no doubt about that. Uh, in general, though, I, it, all of those guys are incredible. And nobody has to drag down each of those other each of those other candidates in order to lift up their own guy. I mean, the, the games are going to speak for themselves. The records are going to speak for themselves. And everybody is doing some his, historic level of production and, and efficiency and, and numbers and things like that. But in general, in Denver... No, there were no other all-stars nominated in Denver. Aaron Gordon was on the verge. Jamal Murray probably started too slow to ultimately get there. Uh, It feels like the Nuggets in general are discounted, but they're also boiled down to just Jokic by a lot of the national consensus. And yet a lot of people are also trying to discount Jokic as well. And, And like, I just don't think that people can have it both ways. Like either the team is really good around Jokic or Jokic is just that spectacular that even without a guy like James Harden next to him or Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez in, in, in Milwaukee, like the, the Nuggets are still clearly the best team in the West right now. And there's, there's no doubt about that from a record standpoint. So I find it fascinating that you pointed out how, just how good like everybody is this year, like in a different world, like Jimmy Butler could be in this conversation. Dame could be in this conversation. Um, the, I like to look at percentiles. Like I'm a I'm a baseball big baseball fan. Obviously, with the the hat that I'm wearing, um, and I look at this season kind of like like if you were to say like who's the greatest home run hitter, and like you have four guys that hit 40, but one hits 48, one hits 41, one hits 50, and the other hits 43. You could say the one that hits 53 is, or the one that hits 50 is the best, but I think we just have four really great home run hitters, you know, out of all of that. And I look at the percentile, like at a certain, like all of these, these dunks and threes, the clean the glass lists, like Jokic ends up at the top. And I, I do think something should be said for like once you're in the 98th percentile and up, it's just kind of a tier that you're in. Um, so that's at least my outsider perspective. And sure. look, I, I think, my my guess right now is that it's trending toward Embiid. They've also played incredible basketball, and he's like the main catalyst of it. But to your point, I believe there's going to be a second Sixer that makes an All NBA team this season. So that that is a point in the court the court of Jokic. Um, I guess the the other part of this that I'm I'm fascinated by, like is the focus of Nuggets fans much more on like, yes, this these regular season awards do matter, but like, we'd like to see this guy win a title. Like we'd like to see the playoff success follow. So that way he can start solidifying his legacy all time rather than just in the regular season, you know? 
Oh, uh, there's no doubt about it. I think okay. if if he is if he becomes three time MVP and then loses in the second round to the Warriors or the Suns, mm. the slander is going to be unbelievable. It's going to be insane to have to listen to that uh, from from all avenues, and it's going to be. I, I feel like Kendrick Perkins when when he said what he said on on ESPN kind of opened up a Pandora's box in general of like some of the awful arguments, but. <laughs> all the rest of the arguments are going to follow. Like, there's no doubt about it that everybody and their mother is hoping to slander Nikola Jokic at the end of the season because they don't believe in him. They don't believe in in his game. They don't believe in the Nuggets. They think that everybody on this team is a fraud, and that's fine. Like, Nuggets fans are waiting for that smoke. They they want to. I think they want to face it. And there there are some folks that would like to have an easier route through the playoffs, but there are also some folks that want to face off against all of these demons, whether it's the Lakers who they lost to in 2020 or the Suns who they lost to in 2021 or the Warriors last year, they want that run. And then they want to go see Philly or Boston or Milwaukee at the end of it and see if Nikola Jokic can lead the Nuggets to a title. And I think he can. I don't see any reason why the Nuggets couldn't do it just based off of what they've done as a team this year. And also just, Having a great player and then having a great supporting cast, it may not be a an all-star level supporting cast like some of these other guys have, but I happen to be a big, big fan of what Jamal has done this year and understand that like some sometimes it's gonna it's not gonna be as great. Sometimes it's not gonna be all-star, all NBA caliber, but I do think that Nuggets fans, they want the title more so than they want the MVP. There's there's no doubt about it. This this organization has never seen, and this fan base has never even seen the finals, let alone mm. the championship. So it's one of those things that everybody is starving. They know how important this moment is because you have the best player in franchise history in his prime. I am, It seems a lot like the like where Milwaukee was two years ago, where Giannis had right. already won his two. There was some voter fatigue. Not to say Jokic didn't win deservedly so two years ago, but like Giannis had no chance of winning the MVP that season, you know? And then he had to go out and prove it when he got to the playoffs. And it's where, look, we just did a, a Patreon pod, I guess, last week, where it was like the 10 most important players or the most need to win a, a, a finals players uh, going into the playoffs. And we had Jokic as number two behind Durant because we, the argument I guess could be made that Durant needs to like win one, not on the Warriors. Although yeah. you could also make the argument Durant winning one with Chris Paul and Devin Booker would actually add the same narrative to the to the the conversation. Yeah. Um, Jokic winning one to kind of solidify and look, I say this again from an outsider's perspective, but to validate the regular season accolades, I just like the conversation's different. If he does win the MVP and then wins a title, we're talking like, okay, is this guy top 15 ever as a result? So like he goes ahead of all of these other big men, the Ewings, the the Barclays, the the like there's a Dirk conversation of greatest foreign player ever if he if he right. wins a title this year. So um all of that is at stake. Um as far as the the rest of the roster is concerned, so I've got all your lineup data on cleaning the glass up, and I see these these Contavious Caldwell Pult numbers. I'm just assuming that he plays a lot of minutes with Nikola Jokic. Um, but the Aaron Gorder, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray numbers, they're all pretty great as far as like the on-off is concerned. Um, who would you say is the second best player or the most second most important player on the Nuggets this season? Uh Interesting. That's it's I think that Aaron Gordon's probably had the second best season in okay. general, just because of the the completeness of his game, how he complements Jokic on the defensive end just as much as the offensive end. But in terms of second most important and and rising to the level, it's definitely Jamal. Mm. He he's the guy who Nuggets fans know what he did in the bubble. There has been a little bit of skepticism in terms of his ability to replicate that after this injury and just being in uh, in general, just like just playing to that level that he once played at. And I think that he'll get there. I, I have zero reason to doubt that he will just because he, he rises to the occasion in these playoffs and, and will be a very important part. But the fact is that whenever Denver kind of goes away from Jokic lineups, they have to have another guy who can step up and really lift up the team. Murray has not been able to do that. Gordon's not been able to do that. 
KCP, actually KCP lineups with the bench are, are actually reasonable, but I don't think that's going to be a playoff thing. Michael Porter Jr. is having a moment. I'm not going to lie. I, I know that sounds weird and it might be it might be blasphemous to say in general, but Michael Porter is really having a moment over the course of this post-All-Star break schedule. He's been great. So I then have to ask the the fallout that might happen if they don't like say, let's paint the nightmare scenario they lose in the second round to the clippers or the first round to the warriors um what is the pivot like what do you get the sense around the organization like is it a coach coaching change is it oh, yeah. a major shakeup to the roster like what is the the offseason move if they get to get a third mvp out of him or even just a second a second mvp along with the second place finish um and then despite being the one seed, they, they fall short in the playoffs. Yeah. It's probably a coaching change. First and foremost, Michael Malone knows this. I think, I think that everybody around the nuggets knows how important the season is. And it's really difficult to pivot from where Denver is uh, basically like they don't have a lot of assets. They've bought in a lot of these guys. They've, they've uh, paid everybody. They want to make sure that they keep this team around for the long haul the easiest thing to do would be to change the coach. I think that Michael Malone has done a pretty good job this year. I, I don't see any reason why uh, to really pivot away if he if he does well. But the fact is, is that the stakes are just so high that that's going to be the first hammer that kind of comes down. Uh, but after that, it could be trading Jamal. It could be trading Aaron Gordon. It could be trading Michael Porter. I think any of those guys then become on the table. Uh, I, I still think that Jamal's one of those guys that will continue to get better, just distancing himself away from that ACL tear, but he has had injury issues. And there's no doubt about it that if a third season in a row is affected by an injury issue, then people in the organization are going to start questioning. They're going to start wondering what what should we do with this situation? So uh, that that would be probably the, the first thing is Michael Malone probably gets the ax and then you start looking at any of these supporting cast members to try to get better. Who's the player that Nuggets fans have circled is like, this is the guy you go get to pair with Jokic. You know, Jimmy Butler comes up a lot. Ah, okay. He, he's a guy who I, I don't, I don't know if that's actually even feasible or viable or like if, if the heat would be even interested in that at all, but he's a guy at six, seven wing sized can play on and off the ball, but can also lift up non Jokic lineups. I think that would be pretty interesting for, for a team like the nuggets and they need as strong of defenders as they can possibly get. Jimmy, I, I know is getting older and he has a bad contract in general, but uh, he's still really good. Like there's no, there's no doubt about it. And, and he would be an interesting piece. I, I think I've seen, both Porter and Murray as, as potential trade chips in, in that particular deal. But uh, is there, is there another name? No, not really. I think Nuggets fans, they want to believe that this is the group that gets it done. And I think everybody still believes that, that it, it certainly can get done. But if you if, like the most likely situation is that you don't win a title and then everything is on the table. Mm, interesting. There's no, and again, I'm, I'm, Asking this from an, an uninformed place, there's no like he could leave one day fear with Nuggets fans, right? Not really. Uh, okay. It's it's been like I think that was a that was an undercurrent before this most recent deal was signed. Uh, Jokic after the after the first round loss last year, Game Five, he was asked post game just right after being eliminated, uh, and and about the contract about the supermax extension, he said. If it's on the table, I'll sign it. Mm. And like that's the 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 implication of that, of course, is that oh man, Denver wouldn't have offered him a supermax extension. It's like, yeah, they're definitely going to do that. There's there's no doubt about it. So he's he's gonna be on that supermax. He's got a player option on the end of it. So he's locked up for another four years plus a player option after this season. Uh so they're they're still in it for the long haul. There's no reason to really pivot yet, but if if he were to ask out, it would be horrible. Uh, one other name that I, I do, I, I I can't believe I'm saying this. Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic are really good friends. Mm. Like they're they're really good friends. The name they I are. thought you were going to say when I asked that about that earlier. Yeah, yeah I mean, I I, I want to. I'll just bring it up and and not say too much about it because I mean, Luka is still like he's still tied to the Mavericks. They they still have plenty of time there. But if you are if you're looking to pivot, if you're looking to try to get another all-star caliber player there, why not blow right past it and go get the next LeBron? That would be pretty cool.
That would be that would be a thing to see. Luca and, and Jokic <laughs> together in the league in their primes, no less. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You've got New Year's goals, and HelloFresh is here to help you achieve them. Take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. Looking for an easy way to eat well and save money this year? Cut back on expensive takeout and delivery and get started with HelloFresh. You'll love how easy, fun, and affordable it is to whip up a restaurant-quality meal right in your own kitchen. With fast and fresh recipes, HelloFresh's latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions are ready in less than 50 minutes. Enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes with béarnaise sauce, or southwest pork and bean burritos. If you know anything about me, you know that I'm not the greatest when it comes to cooking. Thankfully, I found a life partner that loves her time in the kitchen and loves putting together these elaborate meals. Unfortunately, with her schedule working at a school all day and my schedule covering sports all night, we rarely have time to go to the grocery store together. Well, HelloFresh has made it possible for us to do all the grocery shopping for the week right from the comfort of our living room. In fact, just last night when I was editing the latest KFS pod, she was putting together two plates of Presto Pesto Panko Chicken with roasted potatoes and green beans. We were able to do dinner and a movie without even leaving the comfort of our own home. And this is just one of several delicious HelloFresh meal options with cook and prep time taking less than an hour. When you've got busy, conflicting schedules like ours, you don't have to go out for dinner and a movie. Instead, it comes right to you. Don't hesitate. Head to HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool60 and use code FilmSchool60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool60 and use code FilmSchool60 for 60% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Okay, I've got... Those are all my current Nuggets questions. I've got two more to ask you. Now... 
There is a jersey hanging over my right shoulder. Mm. Um, Carmelo Anthony matters a lot to me. He matters a lot to Knicks fans, a certain portion of Knicks fans. I, I've yet to actually take the temperature of it's whether it's the majority or not. Um, but I want to ask about Melo in Denver and how Nuggets fans feel about him. The obvious is that his number is not sacred because Jokic has it. And I don't see it. If it's getting retired, it's going to be once. And it's for Nikola Jokic. Is the relationship non-existent? Does, is there any, um, is there still ill will about Carmelo Anthony? How do Nuggets fans feel about Melo? I, you know, so the trade was what, 12 years ago now, Mm -hmm. like 2011. Yeah. 12 years is a long time. I think Nuggets fans are, are definitely, slowing down in terms of the the mellow hate and the like self like like i think i think everybody would like to move on from that in general how i, I know the follow-up how yeah how severe or, or how strong did that hate get uh well he got booed every time he touched the ball every time he came to the arena mm-hmm. uh when he was on the portland trailblazers back in 2021 he complained and or just at least lamented the fact that he was still getting booed despite the fact that he was in Portland and that the trade happened 10 years ago but that's how strongly Nuggets fans felt about it at the time he like it was a great team that that they were a part of and the ultimate reason why, why they failed in the last couple seasons was because of of inbound errors against the LA Lakers and then George Carl getting cancer in, in the last season and then he requested a trade after that. And it was his prerogative to do that, but it was also a situation where the Nuggets, who are seen as a small market, mid-market kind of team, were being spurned by a large market organization and the bright lights and Lala wanting to go to New York. And mm-hmm. there was there's a lot of uh I think I think strong feelings about that decision by Mello and the fact that he never really uh progressed past the second round. In New York, I also think like Nuggets fans thought, hey, we, we were just as successful, if not more so with you than the Knicks were with you. So why did you even choose to go in the first place was one of the the major narratives that that kept cropping up. So me personally, I like there was there was an opportunity for the Nuggets to sign Mello a couple of years ago. I didn't want to do it because I didn't think that tying two separate arrows together would be a good idea. And and I think that a lot of Nuggets fans felt that way too. Though there is a sect of Nuggets fans that believes that hey, Mello, we we love you, we appreciate you. And I think a lot of Nuggets fans in general, like they understand the significance of what Mello did in a Nuggets uniform, and they would want two number 15s retired. That is that is something that would potentially be a thing. How does the organization feel about that? Do you ever see that happening? Um, I think that by the time that Mello does ultimately retire, I think that he'll probably get his jersey retired, but not before Jokic gets his retired. Okay. So one would have to happen for... So what's fascinating, though, is could it be like a Melo gets his number retired and then Jokic is the last player ever to wear 15 outside of Melo that they both... like Because Melo, for all intents and purposes, is retired at the moment. So I don't see in the next five years Jokic retiring. (laughs) So if you want to coincide, like Melo's Hall of Fame speech... Um, or Hall of Fame uh, induction goes along with, um, you know, his. I imagine that's when the Knicks will do it. And then I wonder if Denver would do the same. Uh, it's a good question. I, I would have to ask around a general, but it, it does seem like I think Nuggets fans and the Nuggets organization do appreciate what Melo did while he was in the uniform. And they understand mm-hmm. that, look, every, player empowerment, everybody gets to make their own choices. There's no doubt about that. But I think that everybody felt a certain kind of way for a while. And now that it's been a full decade since that move has actually been made, I I think that everybody's probably willing to bury the hatchet now. So then last question on this, there's a lot of discourse amongst Knicks fans about whether they won or lost the trade, whether it was an overpay or not. How do Nuggets fans feel about the return they got for Carmelo? I know that pick swap, which shouldn't have mattered in the first place, landed Jamal Murray. But the fact that the fact that they that's really the one big takeaway. I know they they had the 56 win season with Wilson Chandler and with Gallo and with that team. But for the most part, like 
it was kind of the Knicks got the guy that led them to a two seed one season. And it was kind of even until the Jamal Murray element got added. At least that's my perspective. How do Nuggets fans feel about the return? Yeah, they got? I, I, I think we've seen the, we've seen the tree that that ultimately has has developed from all the pieces that Denver got from Mello. Uh, I think the Nuggets fans feel that they won the trade. I, I okay. don't think that there's any there's any question in their minds that based off of those moves, it helps set them up for years to come in terms of assets, in terms of players. Uh, Gallo and Chandler were also pretty big parts of the Nuggets organization for a while. Uh, Gallo in particular was, uh, he, he had some great moments in Denver, just just some some fantastic moments. Uh, there were, uh, he was one of my favorite players growing up for sure. And and just like, it wasn't ever to the degree that, that Mello was where he was really changing the franchise or anything. But I think Nuggets fans really feel fondly about that. It was a 57-win season, by the way. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I just just want to want to clear that up. Ah, important clarification. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Franchise record, 57 wins mm-hmm. with a team that didn't have an all-star. So it was really cool. It was, it was probably the most fond memory that Nuggets fans have had for the organization ever at outside of maybe the bubble, like the bubble really did change things for a lot of folks, but it was still one of those things where you got to celebrate, even though like it, it kind of came from some bad circumstances. So does that, that 57 win season rank higher than the conference finals finish? For no. Nuggets fans? Uh, no. Well, well, okay. They, so they went to the, not the bubble finals. one, not the bubble one, okay. the one against the one against the Lakers. Mm. You know, in 09. I, I don't think so. I, I think that people would prefer 09 in general, just because of like you, like the way that the 57 win season ended was Gallo tearing his ACL in the, like the third to last game of the season and then getting rolled over by the upstart Golden State Warriors when mm-hmm. they could have faced any other team and they probably would have been fine, but uh, had to, had to go face that team. Uh, it, it was tough. It was definitely tough. And I, I, remember that pretty fondly in terms of and it was it was great up until the point when it wasn't uh i think that nuggets fans they're they're starved for playoff success now so they would they would take the 2020 bubble run and then they would take 2009 uh anybody that was alive in 1984 1985 probably would would have taken those runs but uh beyond that the 57 win season it, it holds a certain amount of respect and like fondness uh for different reasons it's interesting. The fifty that's a fifty-four win season for the Knicks that year. That's the the one season, honestly, this century that um Knicks fans can point to and be like, see, it hasn't all been two two decades of of misery. Um, at least I'm one of those Knicks fans that's like, yeah, they went four and one against the two teams that made the finals, five and one against the two teams that made the finals that year, had a 13 game winning streak in the second half of the season that made it look like they were title contenders. And then um, the supporting cast kind of failed. I say the supporting cast kind of failed mellow in the playoffs, but there are others that believe the star of the team failed in those playoffs. <laughs> Do you remember the, those playoffs and watching at least on the, the East side, um, your emotions watching the Knicks against the Pacers and eventually mellow, like getting blocked by Roy Hibbert and, that, that one I coming that one I down. don't remember that much. I, okay. I remember more the losing in five to the Heat. I think the following season, um, season before, season before, oh, season before. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, uh, but like there were like definitely. I, I think there were Nuggets fans that were taking solace in the fact that at least Melo wasn't doing well. At least, at least, <laughs> uh, at least, at least in in the season of misery for the Nuggets, uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't Melo who was benefiting from it. So, uh, I mean, they. It's it's a it's a good point for for Knicks fans to really be able to circle around it and to be able to enjoy. But I, I don't like that was that was really the birth of Paul George in that year, right? That was yeah the first that was the season we discovered Paul George, and then mm-hmm. yeah, like the the thing I keep running into is like was anybody beating the Heat that season? I would have just at least liked to see that series because the the Pacers took the. Heat to seven. The Knicks were three and one against the Heat that season, including two wins in Miami, one without Carmelo Anthony. So I just this is all footnotes. Like the Knicks lost to the the Pacers in six, regardless of J.R. Smith forgetting how to shoot a basketball, regardless of Jason Kidd deciding he just wasn't like he was retired like months earlier before that playoff series. Um, regardless of the, the footnotes, the Knicks lost, and we'll never know what that series 
will eventually have been. Um, thank you for entertaining the mellow conversation with me. I personally appreciate it. Um, before we go, I like to get people's perspective on how the Knicks are doing this season. I like seeing outside of our little, little Knicks bubble, um, the how the national conversation or perspective of the Knicks and what they've done this season. Um, you were telling me a little bit before we started that you were shocked or at least surprised that the Knicks are doing this good this season. And uh, if you want to elaborate on that, um, how's your view of what the Knicks are this year? Yeah. Yeah. Really. I mean, really what I was, what I was trying to get at with that was the, the nuggets when the Knicks faced them early on in the year, uh, Julius Randall was, was having a great shooting game in that game. And I was, I was very surprised at the level that he was shooting at in that game, just from, from the previous season, those were shots that he was missing consistently. Those were shots that like the step back long twos, the mm-hmm. the threes that he's pulling up from 27. Like it, it definitely felt like he, he was hitting some crazy shots in that game. And, th- and then Denver just didn't have Aaron Gordon or Nikola Jokic in that particular game. So they didn't have a good matchup against him. They tried Jeff Green. They tried uh, switching on some smaller guys. And it, nothing just really worked. But uh, in general, it's been really cool to see Jalen Brunson flourish. He's been fantastic. I I don't know what the health situation is for him right now. Uh, is he is he healthy going into the game tomorrow? So the latest is I'm going to assume he doesn't play because I think he's had nine days off since his most recent setback. Um, this is an injury that it's just like you need rest, you know, yeah. and if you the the matinee of it all the fact that this is a 1 p.m game eastern that like, we hate, don't know by the way. just I, just listen, letting you know 11 a.m mountain time holy hell like what are we doing here <laughs> counterpoint as somebody who does post games for for next film school or at least the, then has to edit them into podcasts uh the 10 p.m eastern starts for these games um which put yeah. me in bed by 4 a.m <laughs> as a result uh it works both ways but i empathize Fair. with the fact that your your day your game day starts early in the morning i always wondered that with like football on the east coast with like oh, 1 p.m yeah. starts but like football starts at 11 or 10 a.m the rest of the country um but i would be i would guess he's not playing there is also a world where he's fine and the Knicks are like, yeah, Dylan Brunson's back. So this would be the earliest I think we could see him back. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to think about this Knicks team. I, I do feel like it's been a better collective this year than it has been in years past where Emmanuel quickly is really stepping up. RJ Barrett has been, I think, better in general as the season has gone along. Is that is that fair to so say? It depends who you ask. I think the fact that he... He can be the third or fourth or fifth guy on certain nights. And it's not like, oh my gosh, the guy we took third overall is our fifth best player tonight. Like, it's not a bad thing. He's finding his way as a role player. And then on certain nights, like when Jalen Brunson was out, he had a couple 30 point games and they were important and helped them win, especially against the Lakers on Sunday. Um, There's some efficiency stuff with RJ that is coming up as concerning, especially going into what will be year five next year. But overall his, his step to it's not a step back, but like his step sideways has not hurt them to an extent. Yeah. And like, I, you got to give credit to Julius Randall for, for just stepping up to the plate when the team absolutely needed that needed him to do it. Uh, Quinta Grimes now being in the starting lineup, I believe uh, that's that's been great for you guys. Like mm-hmm. Not having Evan Fournier, I'm still wondering what the hell that contract was. <laughs> uh, in, in general, like it, it's nice to see them really pivot to a younger, more athletic team as opposed to a team that's always trying to force feed veterans in there. But a lot of these young guys are, are strong defensively. Mitchell Robinson has been really good. Uh, Quinn, Quinn Grimes has been really good having having guys that really surround your stars and really accentuate what they're doing is going to be super helpful. Uh, I think the ultimate question for the Knicks, just from an outside perspective, is how do they compete at the highest levels? Are they going to are they going to have guys that step up in those moments? And when those stars do step up, do the role players also step up? Can everybody step up as a collective or is it just going to be put on to Randall and Brunson? Uh, I still consider them probably a second tier contender behind the top three teams in the East, but um, it it wouldn't surprise me if they upset one of those teams. It's just if can you upset two? Can you upset three? It's going to be tough. So I I think the they had this nine game winning streak recently that 
sent all of us into some irrational worlds. Um, I after they beat Miami and um, uh, Boston last weekend, I was like, so they're going to win every game for the rest of the season, and then all sixteen of the playoffs, right? But this losing streak they just had kind of put everything back into perspective. A version of this season that is a success is a seven game series that has fought hard. It would suck if it's a loss to Donovan Mitchell after what this summer was. But if it just turns out that the better player, the team with the better player won the series, you accept that. Um, the ultimate success is you get to a second round. And then if you get eliminated by Giannis or Embiid, like you get eliminated by Giannis or Embiid. Um, but I say all of that and they are, I believe they're five and two. Um, no, even better, seven and three against the Cavs, Celtics, and Sixers this season. So they actually have played the the top competition oh. in the in the East pretty well this season. But regular season is a different animal. Um, we'll see. Uh, as this game is this, this last question, as this game is is facing the the Nuggets, are you are you expecting a win? Are you like the Nuggets need to win this game? I so here here's what I, I predicted a four game win streak for Denver after that Toronto game after that okay. Toronto loss and so obviously that that factors so in a win the against New that, York yes uh, but I mean would it surprise anybody at all if the if the Knicks won this one with Denver let's say they they have a good time on Friday night and they aren't super pleased about going to have an 11 a.m. start or it's a 1 a.m. start or 1 p.m. 1 p.m. Yeah, 1 p.m. Uh, 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Like they, they might not play well in that situation. They might, but I, I honestly feel like the team has turned a corner in terms of, Hey, that, that whole losing business. We don't like to do that. That's, that's a, that's a pretty stressful thing when it comes down to all this discourse and all of this, annoying stuff that you see everywhere. Let's just win instead. And and they they had a really good bounce back against Detroit, especially in that fourth quarter. It looked a little bit sketchy for a while, but I do think that Jokic does pretty well when he goes to the garden. Uh, he's He's been really, really good in a lot of those games. And I think that a lot of this team, uh, they, they want to show out in a game like that. And do they, they, they have a back-to-back the game after against Brooklyn, uh, also a matinee performance. So maybe they go out all out against New York and then rest a couple of guys against Brooklyn. Maybe it's the other way around. We'll, we'll see what happens when this injury report comes down, but it wouldn't surprise me either way. Like, I think this is probably a 50, 50 game. Who is the, like, what, it, what, what does the injury report look like? Like who should I be wondering if they'll play for with the Nuggets? Well, if it's a back-to-back, then Jamal Murray is probably the guy that you have to be concerned about. He's also been dealing with a bunch of nagging injuries ever since the All-Star break, basically, uh, which is kind of a concern given that uh, it was the All-Star break and he had sat out, I think, the previous six games before that. So he's probably going to be a guy that that pops up on the injury report and and whether he's on left knee injury management or something like that, and that's that is what it is. Also, I think that because Denver has this lead for the one seed, they may start resting some guys kind of occasionally down the stretch. And whether that comes down against the Knicks or if it's against the Nets on Sunday, I I don't really know. It might be too soon for that. They might decide, hey, we're going to play everybody until we clinch. And if that's if that's the case, then great. But we're just going to have to see. I can tell you now there will be many a Knicks fan that's very upset if the Nuggets play their full roster on Sunday and then the team right behind them in the standings, the Brooklyn Nets, gets the B squad for their matinee matchup (laughs) against the Nuggets. But so is life in uh, the NBA in 2023. Ryan, you've been great. Uh, Thank you for so much for, for giving me your time. Before you go, tell the people where they could find you and all your work. Uh, yeah, you can find my my stuff at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. I try to post uh, YouTube content, articles, things like that. I, I write for MileHighSports.com, and make sure to go subscribe to the Pickaxe and Roll podcast. It's a it's a pretty good Nuggets podcast. I think I think I've done pretty well with it. I love it. Love the confidence. This is like a moment, by the way, in Denver sports between like the Avalanche just won the title. Sean Payton just went to the Broncos. I know the Rockies yeah. aren't a thing. But <laughs> we we don't talk about the Rockies. We don't they, talk, they but don't like Jan just went to Colorado. Like this is kind of a, a moment like the, the, 
baseball aside with what happened in the World Baseball Classic, like the Jets are about to get Aaron Rodgers and, you know, the Rangers just got Patrick Kane. So our our cities are kind of thriving at the moment. You know, how weird is that? That teams, teams in different sports in the same city can all thrive at the same time. I know, right? Who knew? That just that seems seems crazy to think about, but it's been true. So hopefully, I mean, hopefully we can both uh, share in some success for some decades to come. Yes, let's hope so. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me. Once again, a big thank you to Ryan for coming on today's show and helping me preview this matchup against the Denver Nuggets. I repeat, I will be furious if the Nuggets decide that the Knicks game matters and they're going to play all their guys and try to get the first of this back-to-back and then rest all their guys after a fun night in New York City uh, on Sunday against Brooklyn. Um, one of the the worst parts about this. I, I I know it's happened in the past where teams will sit like the Lakers did this when they had the the Knicks and Nets in back to back games, but the Nets were first. They sat all of their players against the Nets, and then because the next game is at the garden, we gotta play there, right? Uh, the the burden we carry is the actual important team in this city. I know. Uh, well, this game uh, is hopefully uh, a game that features Jalen Brunson, unless you're of the belief that sitting him it would actually be better for the long term success of this team, uh, specifically the long term this season um, success of this team. So we'll see what happens. As of right now, he is questionable to play, and uh, look. I, this team has lifted many a, a player questionable that I thought would play and and not play. And then a player that I, I would have swore that is just like not going to play anytime soon. Jalen Brunson being one of them. Uh, and then, of course, they're going to end up playing. So uh, we'll see what happens in this game. Hopefully it is a W win or lose. John will be on the post game um, recapping it all on this, uh, this Saturday afternoon here in the Big Apple. As far as I'm concerned, that'll do it for me. If you dig the show, head over to iTunes, drop a five star rating and a review. I'll be back on Monday morning with a brand new alongside John and Jeremy and the the regular weekly KFS podcast, which because we just recapped a um a full road trip and there's only gonna be one game in between them, we've got a fun little uh, another bracket here at Nick's Film School uh, for you guys to to enjoy. By the way, if you don't know what I'm talking about with another, go check out the most recent uh, recent episode of Casual Friday. Uh, we did a tournament of Twitter hives, and I had a lot of fun doing that with Mensa and Sean. Um, but I'll have another pregame pod um, on Sunday. Uh, excuse me, again, Monday morning, leaving all of this in so you guys can enjoy that. But until then, thank you for listening. Enjoy the game today, and I'll speak with you soon. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.